0: Please visit gurusing.com. Bless you. Satnam. Freedom could sing without listening. You have to sing without listening. Do you know when dogs are barking and birds are chirping and cats are meowing and goats are. What do goats do? Hmm? Ba. ba, And horses are whinnying and cows are mooing. They never turn to each other and go, "Was that okay? They just know. They just know. They know that it was good, because it felt good. We have four forms of memory. We have instinctual memory, we have intellectual memory, we have intelligent memory, and we have intuitive memory. Instinctual, Intellectual, Intelligent, and Intuitive. There's a book from the Vedas, from Rig Veda, from the Puranas, called Bhavishya. And what Bhavishya means is history of the future. Because time is a wave, and if you understand the qualities of a wave, when a wave passes through a substance, the substance doesn't move forward, the wave moves forward. The substance just rises and settles, rises and settles. So when a wave of time passes through the substance of space, space doesn't actually do anything in movement, it just rises, and settles, and rises, and settles. But from every point in space, time actually travels in every direction. This is one of the enigmas that Tesla was constantly working with, Nikolai Tesla. And if time can move in all directions from any point in space, then history of the future is just a memory of the future. And that's intuition. Intuition is not a speculation. Intuition is a memory. A memory... Of a time that appears from one angle to be the past, but appears from another angle to be the future. And so the past in some locations is the future in others. And the future in other locations, from perspectives, from angles, is the past in others. Now, because Consciousness is very much governed by group senses. And that's why things like radio and television are so compelling. It's because they tend to have massive control over the direction of memory. Especially in today's world where there's alternate, alternate facts. <laughs> But if you think about alternate facts, you have to understand that it's actually true. That there are alternatives to facts. They're called lies. And so that's cool. We'll just... Create that definition, alt-facts equals lies. And then that's our approach. We don't argue with alt-facts. We just define them. Because what you want to be able to do is you want to be able to know before you have to know. That's what being prepared is. And the way that you know before you have to know, is you know that you know. Just like the way you hit the right note, is you just note the note. And whether it's right or wrong is an opinion, you choose to have the opinion that it's right. Yogi Bhajan said that spot on, because somebody, he was a, as a good Prim and I know, he had what we call an interesting singing voice. And everybody knows that if you ask somebody what you think, and they say, well, it was interesting, you know that they're not telling you, you know they're telling you an (laughs) alt-fact. And somebody just walked straight up to him after class, and I was standing right next to him, and they said, you know, sir, you sing off-key. And he looked up and he said, no. And we thought he meant no, he didn't know that, and thank you very much, but no, he meant no. I don't sing off-key, I sing my-key. So you note your note. And if you have that freedom to note your note, you also have the freedom to know that you know. Because anything you know is just your brain receiving that knowledge or wisdom from the universal mind. To know that you know is a way of connecting the connection. To doubt that you know is a way of disconnecting the connection. And it takes practice. Because you can know that you know. You can know that you know. You can know that you can know. And you can get it wrong every time. Until you don't. And how long will that take? As long as it takes. And that's why Yogi Bhajan's favorite saying was, keep up and you'll be kept up. And so... What we want to do in yoga is we want to get ourselves aligned where this is the two-dimensional brain. The brain in your head is understanding what's right, what's wrong, what's left, what's right, what's, you know, all of those distinctions, those sort of factual distinctions. And those are important when you're doing something that's very logical and very linear, like driving a car. But they're not important when you're trying to know that you know. Because how can you know that you know? You can't know that you know. If you don't know, you don't know. You can't access something. According to this brain, you can't access something that you don't know. And that's why the head brain uses footnotes. Go figure. (laughs) As a matter of fact, the entire educational system relies on footnotes. In other words, somebody has to have known it before you in order for you to know it and it to be true. Which is ridiculous. Because most of those people that you're footnoting were alcoholics and, you know, cocaine addicts and heroin addicts, you know, before the time when all that stuff was considered to be out of vogue. I mean, Bayer, the company that invented aspirin, had two, two forms of pain relief, Bayer Aspirin for the small pain, Bayer Heroin for the big pain. They own the trademark on the name heroin, and what is it? It's a female hero. They thought that was cool, go figure. So these people that you're footnoting are ridiculous. They may know a few facts, a few two-dimensional, maybe some three-dimensional facts. But what you know you know, now that's important. Because when you know you know, you start to use this, but you start to rely on this, and you start to rely on this. The hunch in your gut, the knowing in your heart, And that's what we work on. That's what we work on in Kundalini Yoga. Is the distribution of the knowing. And when your distribution, when the knowledge that you have is fully distributed, it turns into wisdom. Because then that knowledge can be put into wise action. And this is the pathway to these coming times. If you get into an argument with the insanity that is prevailing on Earth, you're just in a two-dimensional discussion in a multi-dimensional universe. Why would you want to limit yourself to that? That's ridiculous. No, it's also not ridiculous. That's stupid, well, it's also smart. For some reasons, those things which are stupid are really smart. You know, everybody thought that the campaign was stupid. But for some people, it turned out to be really smart. And now for everybody, it's really dumb. (laughs) Even though those who don't know it yet. It's like cancer thinks it's really smart until it kills its host and dies itself. Then it realizes how stupid it
1: was.
0: (laughs) And so what we do is we distribute our knowing. And the way you distribute your knowing into all of the brains is you begin to break up, you begin to disintegrate your fixation on... The three-dimensional, two-dimensional, and even the fourth-dimensional linear logic, the rules of logic that govern all of these dimensions, because even these dimensions have alternatives which broaden their perspective. They say that the most devastating event to human consciousness occurred about between eight And 10,000 years ago and that was the domestication of food. When we domesticated animals and treated them like our friends and then murdered them so that we could eat them, the change in human consciousness that took place at that time Was devastating to human consciousness because it opened the door to all kinds of other criminal activities that were then considered to be okay. The human species is the only one of the things it opened the door to was that the human species is now the only species that declares war. That we will kill each other for the purpose of taking each other's resources. And the only reason that we do that. Can you hear that? (laughs) Uh, uh, I actually don't think it's a phone. Did it stop? Oh, it is a phone. Cool. Somebody has a friend. That's always good news. What if, when your phone goes off where it shouldn't, you felt okay? Wouldn't that be a freedom? Huh? Wouldn't that be a great freedom? Oh, wow, I got a friend. And then you just turn it off and you didn't feel bad. and you just felt really good. And you're actually putting really good feelings into the room. So do that. And I'm not telling you to turn on your phones. I'm <laughs> telling you, if you buy Habit, leave it on. Feel good if somebody calls. So this devastating event from eight to 10,000 years ago, right now, not only is causing war, but it's also causing the greatest amount of pollution on the planet. It's also causing the greatest amount of deforestation on the planet. Which is causing the tremendous acceleration of CO2 and the lack of oxygen, which is going to be a problem. One time, about five, ten years ago, I was teaching class and I thought, I'll just say it. Which sometimes happens. And I said, you know that in the future, they will sell cars with oxygen tanks in them. And we're not that far away because my mother, when she saw bald water, she says, why? She was born in 1904 and water was pure. So one of the things that we're doing in our murderous insanity is that we're not taking care of those things which are appropriate because criminals don't take care of appropriate things. Criminals do a lot of criminal things like let the infrastructure of water deteriorate so that we all have to buy water in a bottle. Rather than purifying the water, wouldn't it be incredible that we said, you know what, we're going to put in, you know, people have these shower heads that are complete purified and then you have under the sink purification. What if we said, we're going to actually purify the whole city's water so everybody is healthy Wow, how revolutionary, right? How just how ridiculously revolutionary. No, that's like super smart. What if we said, you know, because it's so devastating, we're gonna change our palate and stop the need to eat flesh and blood, because that's what meat eaters are eating. They're eating blood, right? And flesh. And you honored your body, you honored your body by eating what your body was built to eat. And don't believe this, eat your type. Oh, I'm a typo, I'm supposed to eat meat. No, you're a typo, you're supposed to eat typo. The eat meat was a typo. You're supposed to eat what a human being was born to eat. You have herbivores enamel on your teeth. You have an herbivores elongated intestinal tract. When you leave ready-made protein in a tract that's supposed to build protein, your ability to build protein, what's it called, Uh, atrophies. And the stuff, the protein that you're eating rots in your gut. Then you're being toxified by the rotting protein. Because a a carnivore, and the carnivores are on earth for the purpose of keeping supply and demand in check. There's a reason for carnivorous creatures, but you're not one of them. The only reason that human beings are carnivores is that thousands and hundreds of thousands of years there were ice ages tens of thousands of years there were ice ages and they destroyed our woods our, our food stocks and we were so far north that we had to eat in that moment what could be eaten in that moment so we turned to cannibalism and we ate other creatures we think they're not cannibal it's, it's not cannibalism no you're eating a you're eating a creature, and you're not eating what you should be eating. But what we should have done, we should have realized that that was a temporary measure, and blessed the creatures that we had had to eat. And then, when we finally got our senses and moved further south, where the ice wasn't, the ice age wasn't existing, go back to our herbivore diet. Healthcare. Two words when they stand alone are very meaningful. Health. Who doesn't think health is a meaningful word? Care. Who doesn't think care is a meaningful word? Healthcare. What if we just said, now that we've cleaned up the water with the big, what if we said, let's care for everyone's health because you can lose your wealth and you don't lose much. But if you lose your health, you lose everything. I mean, we've got plenty of ways of taking care of wealth care. But we don't have those ways of taking care of health care. So let's, let's be the ones that get it right. Let's be the ones that get the alt facts right. And that is our job. That is our job. We've got to be as enthusiastic, as inspired as possible. And the way we get to that place is we activate the future memory. We stop relying on instinctual memory, which will just give us reactions of of danger from the distant past. We stop thinking of intellectual memory, which just gives us stuff that we've read from... Those that were heroin
1: addicts.
0: (laughs) And we stop intelligent memory. On occasion, we use it because intelligence is important. But we start to rely on intuitive memory. In other words, we start to rely on our memory of the future. And when you use your memory of the future and you look into the future of the direction that we are heading, we are heading for disaster. And you go, that's not a good direction, let's change it. And become prophets rather than concerned about prophets. Become masters. Become saviors. And there's still room for faith in Jesus. There's still room for faith in Muhammad. are just one amongst us. Two amongst us. Three amongst us. There's still faith in the gurus of the Sikhs. There's still faith in the avatars of the Hindus. There's still faith in all of these exalted... Enlightened creatures, but they're just like you and me. The hierarchies are over. It's old school. The equalities are what are important now. And when you believe in that kind of equality, you say, wow, I am a huge worshiper of Jesus. I'm a huge worshiper of Muhammad. I am a really huge worshiper of Guru Singh. That's me talking, not you. I love Guru Singh. He can sing while he can sing. And he knows that he knows. And the freedom and the access of the brain-mind connection And the intuitive memory, the memory of the future that comes to you when you feel that way about yourself, puts you on a level with the great masters throughout history. You may not be as good as they are, but you're getting there. I may not be as good as my good friend Jimmy, but I'm getting there. (laughs) I won't play with my teeth, but hey, To each their own. Do you understand that kind of freedom? That's what Yogi Bhajan said when he said, happiness is your birthright. Because that is the road to happiness. Pleasure is something you purchase. Happiness is something that you unfold from within yourself. And the pathway to happiness is found through your intuitive memory. That memory that comes from your heart brain, that comes from your gut brain. And when you experience that intuition of the disaster of the future, so you're going to have to alter it, you have to view it through your devotions rather than your emotions. When you view the disaster that's happening around you, you must view it through your devotions, not your emotions. Because if you view it through your emotions, it will overwhelm you. And the more aware you become, the more you will be overwhelmed. The more you're overwhelmed, the less aware you will want to be. And they will work against each other. And you will constantly be under stress. Do we have a deal? I love deals. Let's make a deal. Do we have a deal? Yes. Give me 10. <laughs> yeah. Tonight's class, we're going to start by just holding on to our knees and be really very clear that your head has been in charge, and thank it, and tell it that support has arrived. (laughs) That you're now going to distribute your mental body equally between your head, your heart, and your gut. So that you will reduce the influence of your instinctual memory, You will create an alternative to your intellectual footnoted memory and that you will begin to rely upon a combination of your intelligent memory and your intuitive memory. Feel it in your navel point, experience it in your heart center. Say Ekongkar. ekongkar.
1: Say Sat Guru Prasad.
0: Say Ekongkar Sat Guru Prasad. What you're saying is that there's one source and when I get in touch with that one source all I feel is sweetness and you're saying that that one source has endless possibilities And in every moment of those endless possibilities, I have an opportunity for sweetness. And really, this is about the omnidirectional nature
1: of time and space because it goes. Ekongka, Ka Eckong Ka Sad good Ekongka, ekongka, Sad good of Prasa Ka Ekongka Ekongka Satguru Presa Satguru Presa Ekongka Ekongka Satguru Presa Satguru Presa Ekongka, ekongka, Eckong car, Sad good Ekongka, ekongka, Sad good of Prasa, the Ekongka, kha. Ek om kha. Sat Prasad. Sat Prasad. Ek
0: Inhale deeply. and exhale bless you for joining us visit gurusing.com for an
1: ever expanding archive of lectures videos, yoga sets meditations and more